1: Chris Holtman is out as the Ohio State head men's basketball coach. We'll see who replaces him for now. It's Jake Diebler. That's Andy Baxter in the middle of your screen. That's Tim May over there on the other side of the screen, the 41-year vet. He's here. And we're going to talk some Ohio State hoops because uh, groundbreaking news on uh, Wednesday, uh, Valentine's Day, Gene Smith officially makes the move to fire Chris Holtman uh, with, I think, six games left in the regular season um 12.7 million dollar buyout you obviously have to buy out the assistants as well if they're going to go and then you have to find a new replacement this is a very expensive decision comes with a hefty price tag for gene smith on his way out the door and now ross bjork is going to have to make the first major decision of his ohio state tenure before it even begins andy i'm going to start with you because you are the full-time basketball writer here uh you know this team better than tim and i could dream of right now um Is this surprising to you? Chris Holtman said maybe he was a little blindsided by it. Are you surprised by this move right now?
0: I'm surprised when it happened. I'm surprised it happened with six games left. They host number two Purdue on Sunday. I mean, that's a tough test for interim head coach Jake Diebler, a home game against one of the best teams in the country. So that's why I'm surprised, just given when it's happened. Gene Smith said it's just based off the last few games. He felt like there needed to be a change of leadership. But then again, Ohio State's lost nine of the last 11 games. And you you ask, why didn't this happen after Northwestern when they were one point down 35 points in the second half or when they lost to Nebraska? And that thing didn't look pretty either. So it is a little bit odd that it happens right now compared to maybe a little bit earlier in the Big Ten play. He said he wanted to create a runway for Jake Diebler and these players to build some kind of momentum. I guess you're thinking that maybe you can have some player retention if they build some kind of momentum, similar to last year's Big Ten tournament push. But in today's college basketball, you just kind of see a lot of these players flocking for the transfer portal after a coaching change. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately, this decision was Gene Smith deciding to put his personal side and put the program first and firing Chris Holtman, who he clearly holds a lot of respect for. And he gave him an extension in May 2022 through the 2027-28 season because of that respect and belief in what he could do at Ohio State.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that, that extension and more here, Tim, but, uh, Tim, you've covered the athletic department for a long time, not necessarily, uh, the hoops program, but from an athletic department standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, from Gene Smith standpoint, uh, what did you think when you first saw this news, uh, yesterday around noon local time? Well,
2: it was funny on my, uh, podcast this week, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Snook, one of my best friends, but he's a huge Ohio state, <clears throat> Ohio state backer fan, et cetera. And uh, been a big critic of Chris Holtman for a while and, uh, he thought it was more than, you know, we talked about it even before it happened. That it was, that it was, that it was overdue. Uh, what, what I see here, I, I see exactly what Gene Smith is trying to do. And I know it, you know, some people are going to laugh, but I think he's trying to uh, in some way salvage some part of this season for the players uh, because clearly fellas, except for that win over Maryland, I mean, in, in recent times, it you know just like last year during that during that ridiculous February, it it's just not happening. I mean, it wasn't happening under Chris Holman, one of the great guys I've ever met. I mean, cordial. Uh, I think he's very smart, etc. But uh, especially games have been managed at the end of games and things like this. You know, you you never know uh, you never know what you can do as a head coach until you get that shot I'm talking about with Diebler. And uh, to 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 label the entire coaching staff under the same things that have happened to this basketball team last year, and then uh and then then, then this winter, you know, Deeper may have that spark. He may provide that spark that they need, or that uh, more than anything, mm-hmm. that uh, little uh, strategy thing they need at the end of games, which is really what's happened to the Chris Holman era is not finishing. And uh, it's too bad. But uh, if they can provide some spark for these players who deserve, you know, maybe another way of looking at things. And I see what Gene is doing. That's tough, man. When you've given a guy an extension, you know it's costing your firm money. Now you're going out the door, you know, (laughs) here in a couple of months, uh, Gene is. But you, uh, you owe it to him. But you also owe it to the incoming athletic director that if this is not working, you know, this was your mess on aisle three. To clean up, you know, and it looks like uh, Gene Smith has has taken that responsibility. And let's face it, uh, you don't just make these uh, kind of uh, you don't make these kind of decisions in a micro in, in a in a microcosm. I mean, it's a macrocosm thing. I'm sure he was getting input from all kinds of alums, et cetera, who were in essence fed up with Ohio State, with all the money, largesse resources, et cetera, it has being an afterthought in basketball, not even an afterthought, really. So uh, I totally understand the timing. I like Chris Holtman, but really that has nothing to do with this one.
1: Yeah, Gene Smith was emotional when asked about how hard it was to fight. Because yeah. he's built a great relationship with Chris Holtman. Also, this was his big hire. Thad Mata took the program to – um really one of maybe the highest marks in program history because the national championship came before the expansion of the tournament. So it's just basically a different era. There are a few programs who have been more successful with college basketball as Ohio state, uh, since the tournament expanded in 1985. So like, this is not a program where we can just say, well, it's kind of an afterthought it, like you said, Tim, it has become an afterthought and apathy, I think is worse than failure. And so, when you start to see an apathetic fan base and they're not showing up and the shots hollow and you're losing an 18 point lead at home against Indiana, who's not very good either, like something had to be done. I think where where it goes from here is like, Andy, there are a few different things that that kind of led to this moment, right? I think number one, it's completely unfair to point to anything other than uh when Ohio State decided Gene Smith and Chris Holtman together decide they were going to go young at the end of the 2022 season. After losing to Villanova in the second round of the playoff or the tournament over in Pittsburgh, they decide they're going to go young, recruit, build a roster. Two years later, they're not seeing the results. In that same offseason, they go young. They lose Ryan Peden, Chris Holtman's right-hand man and number one top assistant. Um, He's a very good basketball coach. Um, Losing him was not something that really grabbed headlines, but it was certainly a big deal for the. The next, the, you know, if we can look back hindsight's 2020, but, you know, look, looking back, Ryan Peden being gone has played a huge role in this, um, you know, and then I think the, the loss of Oral Roberts the year before that kind of tanks tanked this thing a little bit and got it going maybe in the, the opposite direction of what you were hoping. Like, those are the three big things that I would point to Andy is there anything that I'm missing there that you can point to and say like, okay, this is where things started to go wrong or things ultimately did go wrong.
0: I think he brought in a lot of talent. He's clearly a player developer. We look at the three players that went to the NBA in the last two years. You have EJ Liddell, Malachi Branham, and Bryce Sensabaugh. He brought in talent. Before that, was Keita Bates D up in his first couple years, first year there, actually helping him get to the NBA. And clearly, he can develop talent, recruit talent, back-to-back top 10 recruiting classes the last two years. But just because you have talent doesn't mean you're going to have a good team. They weren't necessarily fitting to play together as a team, the transfer portal acquisitions he had the last couple of years, again, players that were productive at their previous stops but then would come to Ohio State and suddenly you're like, wait, this is the same guy they got from Baylor, West Virginia, you know, Wright State, et cetera. No, it didn't didn't look like it. They just were not performing the same way they were at their previous stops, and that raises the question of why aren't they fitting here? What's not working with these top-tier recruits, top 100 guys that are not – progressing at the level you would think they would as gene smith said there's a lot of minutes on that court yes these guys are young quote young but at this point they're really juniors i mean we talk about this about football all the time the guys that come in the winter and then by the spring or the summer they're basically not freshmen anymore you know roddy Gale jr bruce thornton felix Akpara, these are guys that are basically juniors now they've played so much basketball they've started 50 plus games at this point and you're still not getting the results or games and at a certain point. Yeah, you have to look at it. Why aren't they fitting? And I think that's the big thing. Yes, there's the talent here. And that's why every national media person is a little bit surprised at this, because you look at the roster of Ohio State preseason, they were supposed to be much better this year. You understand when they're freshmen, with in their sophomores, they were expected to take this step. And in college basketball nowadays, rebuilds don't really exist. You should be good after one or two years, even one year with the transfer portal. And that just wasn't happening. So I think it's really just not the talent, it's the fit. And when that's not working, you need to change your leadership.
2: Yeah. And what, and, you know, what's bothered me, I mean, like you say, I don't, I don't cover basketball, but I've been around it and, uh, uh, been, you know what I mean? I've paid attention. But what, what bothered me just from a playing the game aspect of things or managing the game aspect of things is how so often in some of these you know, blown leads and, and things like that at the end of games, how the wrong guy has a ball in his hands. I mean, uh, or the, Uh, The play that's drawn up, you know, has not worked. I mean, that's just basketball X's and O stuff, and uh, that's after a couple of times you go okay, but then when it happens uh, repeatedly, you just kind of go, you know, there's just something missing there from a from a basketball 101 standpoint that uh, has 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 been intriguing. Uh, Let's say that to me that uh, you get to those points in a lot of these games, and then the team doesn't either the right Either the right play isn't called or the right guy doesn't get the ball. That that's all the way back to practice, etc. And, uh, and 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 when you look at the video of that, when you're a when you're a fan watching the game, but then you look at the video of that as coaches, why is it why is it continuing to happen? You know, is would be the question I would have because, fellas, we can talk about what a great guy he is, how good are, are how many of uh, the roster he's put together, the great players that have come through here, the NBA types that have come through here. But it always comes down to the ball going through the hoop at the end of the game. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. And uh, for whatever reason, except for that great streak in the uh, in the, uh, Big champion, the Big Ten champ, uh, the Big Ten tournament last year, there ain't been a whole lot to really root about in the winter uh, for for Ohio State basketball for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, a couple of years is the key word there because you know you you get a two seed in 2021 after yeah. taking Illinois to overtime in the Big Ten championship game. You're oh so close to breaking through and having that marquee Chris Holtman right uh, year where he hangs his hat on. You you lose to Illinois, probably the worst thing that could have happened was making that run in the Big Ten tournament because you four days later have to turn around and and play an Oral Roberts team that was really rested. You lose the 215 game. I think there's only nine of those that have ever happened, so you're on the wrong side of history there. Uh, and then it kind of all downhill from there. You can take the the I think the nine seed or the eight seed in the in uh, the twenty twenty two tournament, and then the last two years have been what they are. And everybody, I, and nobody really cares anymore. Who's next? Like that's that's what everybody wants to know, right? The Coach is fired. All right, let's go. Who's next? let the saddle up, boys. We're, we're we're hiring a new basketball coach. Um, Andy, you have it out already. The hot board um, from yesterday. Uh, there are quite a few names on there. There's more names that can be explored. Um, Anybody who would like to to take a stab at, at creating a list, good luck, because not only are you dealing with one of the top athletic departments and one of the richest athletic departments in the country, you're also dealing with one of the top athletic departments and richest athletic departments in the country that has a brand new head man running the show. And so not only do you have to take the Ohio State connections and the Ohio connections and the Gene Smith connections, you kind of throw those out the window because now you've got to look at Ohio, Big Ten, Ross Bjork. And and what he looks for in basketball coaches. So, Andy, what's what's the what's the hot board telling you right now? What's the what's the crystal ball saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, if it's me making the decision and if I'm Ross Bjork, I'm I'm looking at Dusty May. I think he's going to be at the top of every college basketball coaching list. He was at the top last season, then signed a huge extension with FAU. And I think he's going to be a big name that's kind of hot among all of these coaching searches. Clearly that historic run he had last year, but then coming back with basically the same core again, this year is impressive. Also, uh, Sean Miller is just a name. that's going to be out there for Ohio state, given the Xavier ties, he's been the head coach of Xavier twice, played at Pittsburgh, coached at Pittsburgh has been around the Midwest. Arizona is obviously the the notable tenure he had that was marred by that investigation regarding recruiting violations and whatnot. Um, Then you're going to also have Lamont Paris, who's one of the more inexperienced head coaches, but someone that's just a huge name right now with South Carolina, being as good as they are in the top 15, uh, 21 and three last time I checked. I'm not sure how last night's game went, but a very successful season for Lamont Paris. And then, you know, we've been talking about this. You got to mention someone even like Thad Mata, who, you know, we've seen coaches return uh, before. It's not unheard of. Uh, That's just a name, probably just to have it on the radar. His health issues are. Supposedly better at this point coming back with Butler. But then there's a few other wild cards that I would just keep in mind. Um, you know, we're talking about like Greg McDermott was targeted in the last coaching search for Ohio State. He's the Creighton head coach. The thing there is just he's been at Creighton for so long. You don't know if he's ever going to make that move. And if he did, maybe it would be for some warmer weather at this point of his career. Um, so there's a lot of names that you can consider. But again, as you mentioned, with the Ross Bjork, like maybe he looks at Buzz Williams at Texas AM. That's, he didn't make that higher at Texas AM. But he oversaw everything that Buzz Williams has done, getting Texas A&M back to the NCAA tournament. When you've got an AD coming in, you always have to look at their previous connections. So a lot of names, a lot of excitement. I do think Ohio State will try to hire a Power 5 or Power 6 in college basketball guy. I don't see them necessarily going the mid-major route. But if they do, Pat Kelsey from College of Charleston is, is probably the top name there.
1: Yeah, Tim, I don't I don't mean to cut you off there, Tim, but uh, it's an interesting – situation Ohio State to because not only uh are you a football school um and I know you're one of the richest schools, but you also just paid your basketball coach 17.2 million dollars to go sit on the beach. So like that's just the reality of the situation. Uh I look at a guy like TJ Olsenberger at Iowa State and it's like man he is doing a great job at Iowa State. He did a great job at his previous stops. Go, you know, is he somebody you're gonna talk to? Well guess what? He comes with a an eight-figure price tag just on the buyout then you also have to pay him his money so not only would you pay chris holtman's buyout you would pay a buyout to another school and you would pay a new salary with a new coaching staff um you know dusty may is almost the same situation that's an eight figure buyout because of the way he just restructured at fau now he also is an indiana grad is he going to want to play indiana three times a year potentially so like those are the things that are going on here and I don't think Ohio State's going to be cheap with this hire, but I think that Ohio State will be calculated with this hire because they are going to keep in mind. Yes, they have that war chest. They they they're getting, uh, you know, more money than than you any of us could ever dream. Well, maybe Tim's been doing this a long time. More money than Andy and I could dream of uh, telling Chris Holtman to go away. And, and Ohio State has that money to do these things because of the TV deals. But how much money are you going to wrap into basketball in a three month span? Is it going to be thirty four million? To go buy out a coach, go target another coach, and then pay the other coach. So, like, these are things that have to be considered, Tim, uh, yeah. with this new candidates list. The buyouts for not just Chris Holtman, but for the next guy, because you also have to pay him after you buy him out.
2: Oh, yeah. but That is modern. That is modern, uh, modern college sports uh, economics. I'm going to say one-on-one again just because I like saying that. Modern sports econom modern college sports economics. I mean, you know, Dusty May. You know, that has a great ring to it. That last name. That's pretty cool. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't. I don't think it would bother anybody to come coach you know, coach against their alma mater. You know, Gary Muller did a pretty good job at at Michigan as the head football coach, and he was a captain in Ohio State football. But that that's another story. Um, here here's the here's the corner you back yourself into. When you fire a coach at a place like Ohio State, where you're paying him pretty good money, and like you said, what they owe him, I'm sure that will probably be paid off in increments. I would think, just like what's you know happening with Jimbo Fisher. I mean, nobody knows this better than Ross Bjork how to pay off a big time uh, guarantee at this point because it's the yeah. biggest of the biggest, the biggest of the big. But uh, it will. I'm sure that will be done in increments. So I don't. I kind of discount that. Pardon the pun. And uh, just move on. But, you know, you kind of backed yourself into a corner here now because you got to get somebody that is either proven or that people know uh, from the standpoint of resurrecting the program uh, in the public's eye right off the bat. You know, and, and I, I don't remember when I was, I was listening there because I had my sound off for a minute because I have this cold I picked up in Las Vegas. Not everything you get you pick up in Las Vegas stays in Vegas. But uh, Chris Gent, for example, is a guy that's interesting to me only because his love, his love of Ohio State, the fact that uh, he was a hell of a player at Ohio State. He's been in the NBA D-League, I think, for a while and stuff and um, has aspired to be the coach here. Um, that would be an interesting hire uh, in that regard. But, you know, when you're out of college basketball, you know, for a while, do you lose the contacts, do you lose the recruiting? I don't I'm not sure that's that important from the standpoint of being able to learn quickly and on the job, but that that's a name that comes to mind for me, that people would embrace the big time fans uh, of the program would get along. Because like I said, you know, Gene Smith didn't just make this in a vacuum. I think I said microcosm a while ago. I meant vacuum. Uh, I'm sure he was getting a lot of input. Is that the right word from folks who were tired of watching the product and, uh, so I don't think money – I don't like to say these words uh, in a row too many times, but I don't think money is a concern here. This is an, a vital hire because you've got an 18, 19,000-seat arena that's sitting less than half full most of the time, except when the Ohio State women play. Yeah. Huh. What do you think about that? And, uh, you know, this idea that Ohio State is a, quote, football school has always rankled me because I think Ohio State puts his – as much, uh, as much resource and and money and whatever else you want to call it, it facilities into the basketball program as basically anybody in the country, and uh, I think anybody can see this could be a hell of a job, and uh, just got to get the right guy in there. Uh, and I thought Chris Opman was pretty close to that. I thought Thad model was pretty damn good at it. Clearly, he health wise he fell off there at the end. Couldn't recruit. Couldn't even go on the road to recruit for a while. Whether he's totally healthy again, you know, obviously he's doing some pretty good things where he is right now. But uh, but the bottom line is you you go out and get the best guy you can find. And then you look at what the money means. And uh, but, you know, guys, who is the best guy you can find? You know, define that. That's totally relative. And like you said, Ross Bjork, we will be making finally that call with, I'm sure, the help of a search committee, uh, the help of a search firm. Etc. So you never know what direction he's going. But Buzz Williams, it, that's a great thing to look at because sometimes the best thing to do is hire the guy you know, right? Uh,
1: yeah. And then, uh, you know, the other thing that you're going to have to consider here is the fact that Ted Carter is very, uh, you know, in athletics. He's not afraid to uh, roll up his sleeves and work in athletics as the president. Uh, he oversaw uh, a Fred Hoiberg tenure at Nebraska as the basketball coach Fred Hoiberg had a terrible first couple years they stuck with him and now the Huskers are probably going to the NCAA tournament because he knew to stick with a guy Ted Carter's got a a little bit maybe of the nose for when to get rid of when to pay the buyout when to not pay the buyout you paid the Scott Frost buyout because you knew that that was going in the tank and it was not a good situation you paid extra by just not waiting a couple days uh you know chose not to pay Fred Hoiberg to go away. And now you're reaping the rewards of that. So, you know, Ted Carter's got a little bit of a, an idea of what's going on there. And I think that that he and Gene Smith and Ross Bjork can collaborate here and come up with a list for Ross Bjork to ultimately make that hire alongside Ted Carter. A uh, couple things to keep in mind uh, as we start to wrap up. I'll give Andy the final word because he's the basketball aficionado here. A uh, couple things to keep in mind. Ross Bjork, during his press conference, introductory press conference at, at Ohio State a few weeks back, mentioned hancock county and the finley ohio area quite a bit um talked about his love for the finley ohio area there's one person who's from finley who's on that coaching search list it is lamont paris who's having a great year at south carolina and was great at chattanooga with the mocks taking them to the NCAA tournament keep that in mind as, as this coaching search progresses and then another name that, that we i would almost say we would would be uh pretty uh, misinformed not to say is Scooney Penn who played at Boston college, Andy then played at Ohio state and then uh, was an assistant under Chris Holtman at Ohio state before heading off to the Minnesota, Minnesota, geez, to the Memphis Grizzlies where he is currently an assistant coach. He's from New York city. That is a hotbed of college basketball uh, prospects. So, you know, there's a couple things to Just consider. As, there's, there's a couple things to consider here. And now we'll give Andy the final word uh, on the. old. was State. that his,
2: was that Andy's intro music? Yeah. It was. Yeah, That's okay. yeah, oh, the that.
1: WWE intro. He's gonna. Yeah. We're gonna uh, announce his name, Andy Backstrom, and give him the final right.
2: word. Oh, and you know what? Andy's been. You know, I give him a, a bunch of grief all the time. He's from the east. You know what I mean? He's basketballs in his blood. I don't. I grew up with football in my blood, but uh, Andy knows stuff. So. Uh, uh, I don't know why I even said that, Andy, but I'll, I'll respect your opinion is what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I also appreciate the spam call that was just coming in. So, yeah. No, but anyway, I, I think that it was kind of ironic. You know, you have Gene Smith at this press conference, clearly emotional. It was, it was kind of a heavy moment, to be honest, being there. and And meanwhile, you got the pump up music going on in the background. You can hear as the women are warming up the number two women's basketball team here and you've got 12 wins in a row for that program and that is just the reminder that it's just there it was there that whole press conference you could hear the music pounding on the other side of the shot of just hey this is what it can be you can win 12 games in a row in the Big Ten you can be at the top of the Big Ten standings you can be the number two team in the country that just went to the Elite Eight last year and has a chance to go back and maybe even do bigger things and The women's team is generating great audiences as Tim alluded to earlier. The men's team can do the same and you want to have both of those teams doing really well along with football. I think it was just a really almost fitting, but also ironic situation there with that press conference being at 6 PM, the tip off of the women's game against Nebraska being at 7 PM, literally hearing everything going on in the preparation for that game. As a reminder, this is how far the men's team has gone down the hill, and this yeah. is how far the women's team has climbed, and that's great for the women's team, but it's also a reminder for the men's team: Wow, how did things get this way, and how yeah. can they get back to what they were?
2: And, and one of the things to keep in mind was the patience that G, that Gene Smith had with McGuff, because things fell off the beam there for you know a few years ago with the women's team; it just wasn't clicking like he thought it would, and now all of a sudden, you know, you, you're get you're 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 reaping the benefits of, of patience and sticking with a guy or sticking with a coach. Let's put it that way in a situation, but finally you have to, as you, as you're pointing out Anders, excuse me, Andy, uh, I just let that secret out of the bag. As you, as you're pointing out there, you have to finally judge, wait a minute. Uh, I'm, st- I've stuck with this guy. It's not happening. You know, that's a, that is a major gut feel call as much as anything else, no matter how much you like a guy. And it was, very interesting to see how emotional Gene Smith got uh, when asked that question about how tough of a call this was. Because anybody who's been around Chris Holman likes him a lot, right? Uh, but there comes that moment in time when you've got to trust your gut uh, as an athletic director, as the president of a university, as the as the uh, fan. You know, the fans have been on Chris Holman for a while now, the uh, the backers and stuff. And finally, you know the light comes on for Gene Smith and the administrators. Uh, You can, if you want to put it that way, I don't think it's ever that quite simplistic, but you're right. uh, The juxtaposition of the women's team and the men's team in that hour, Andy, that was a great example of, yes, you can win in basketball here.
1: It is uh, interesting that the women's final four this year is in Cleveland. If the Ohio State women's basketball team makes it to the final four, they will play in the state of Ohio. Uh, in Cleveland for the Final Four, and we could be looking at a situation where Ohio State men's basketball is working on contracts for a new men's basketball coach, um, right, and, you know, and maybe even that same week after the men's tournament wraps up, that Ohio State men's basketball could finalize a contract and the women could be playing in the Final yeah. Four. It's just the juxtaposition that, that's going to continue, Andy. It's a great point from last night, but but it's going to continue as we as we go into a new era of Ohio State Yeah, basketball. and as
2: Gene pointed out, by the way, basketball... You, you, you're almost, you, you, you could have done this in March. You know what I mean? You could have pulled this trigger in March. But uh, Gene, I, I give him credit for this. You know, others I'm sure won't. But he's trying to get something, salvage something out of this season for these players. I mean, when you talk to Gene Smith, the thing that stands out most is the ath- student athlete, as he calls it, experience. He just thinks they deserve a shot. you got to pull this trigger now because he thinks maybe there could be a spark there. That could still get them some play, you know, to a higher uh I don't know, a higher finish uh, as this season goes on because there's still some games left. I mean, you know, theoretically, they could win what eight, eight, nine games here <laughs> if they go on a run.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Ohio State Men's basketball entering a new era. Jake Diebler taking over for the rest of this season. We'll see who takes over. After that, that's for Ted Carter and Ross Bjork to decide not for the 41-year vet, Tim May or Andy Baxstrom, the Letterman Row official basketball guru, uh, and myself, Spencer Holbrook, just a, a simple host, a, the, the people's host right here uh, on this side of the screen. We're going to get out of here uh, and get back to football coverage. Andy's going to keep covering basketball. Tim May and uh on the football side for right now. Right Nothing now.
2: simple about Spencer Holbrook. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> we'll have spring football coverage all the way up until spring football begins. Andy will have basketball coverage as the coaching search ramps up. It's a big responsibility, the head men's basketball coach at Ohio State. That job is now vacant. And Ohio State will have to make a new hire. Andy Backstrom, Tim May, Spencer Holbrook, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Letterman Live, the Letterman Lounge, uh, Rapid Reaction. It's Ohio State basketball. We're talking about it all on lettermanroad.com. We'll see you guys over there.